Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 13. In today's show, we'll be talking to John Harrison, CEO of Cybexa Systems, about the rising threat of ransomware. John is going to tell us the actions you can take now to protect your business and personal data from being held hostage by cyber criminals. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shy. Another episode. Another episode, our second episode of the new year, and the looming threat of cybersecurity and the increase of this threat on small business in 2016 is just off the charts. It's amazing. I've been involved with a couple businesses that really came close to shutting down due to cybersecurity. It's like having a vault of cash, and it's vulnerable. You know, this cybersecurity is such a big thing and such a big threat that we've really decided to dedicate a few shows on this in 2016. What's frustrating is that business owners and their businesses are a huge target for this type of threat. And there's a lot of things you can do to prevent it that, frankly, don't cost any money. Just even increasing some level of protection and avoidance makes it such that you won't be the victim. So the role we're trying to play is to take that first step, which is to increase awareness and look at the most significant threats, how they affect small businesses, and try to give you some very specific actions you can take so that you don't become part of a statistic. And when I talk about that, let me give you some insight. In the Kaspersky Security Bulletin in 2015, the overall stats show that there was almost 2 million attempted malware infections that aimed to steal money via online access to bank accounts. Ransomware, which is going to be the topic of today's show, those programs were detected on almost three-quarter of a million computers, and about 40% of all cyber attacks target businesses with fewer than 500 employees. And what's interesting to me is so many of the preventative actions a business can take really are low-budget items. And Craig, you know, the thing about data hacks in general is we're only at the beginning of this thing. I mean, the hackers are getting better and better at finding ways to get to our data. But this concept of holding it ransom, when you think about that, if somebody can take your information... Sure, there's financial compensation they can get, but there's other things. If you're a business owner, you're a public figure. They can try to use that information to blackmail you, to embarrass you, to damage your reputation in some ways. And we live in a time where we're spending a lot of money and a lot of effort on brand management, which we've talked about on this show, and reputation management. And so there's this huge and very real risk to your information And we're only starting to see the beginnings of how this can be used against us. And it's becoming more sophisticated every day. I've seen these emails of late that are becoming very finely tuned and very believable. So the sophistication of detection has to grow with it. So I think today's episode really has some content that can make a difference in every business. So let's get into it. Our guest today is John Harrison, CEO of Cybexa Systems, a company he founded in 2013 to further pursue his passion of protecting others with an aim to enable customers to defend themselves against current and future cyber threats. Hi, John. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. 
How you doing, Shai? How you doing, Craig? Good morning, John. Glad to have you with us. Looking forward to our discussion. Well, we're really excited to have you here today to talk about the rising threat of ransomware. What is ransomware? Well, ransomware is a form of malicious software. People may know it as malware. It's designed to restrict access to data, usually through the uh, use of unbreakable encryption, and essentially locks up all your files and data until a ransom payment is paid. Typically, the ransom payment is paid in the form of bitcoins, which are hard to trace. So you're saying this is like, instead of kidnapping, this is a form of data napping, so to speak? Exactly. With everybody being so connected these days, all of our file using cloud storage devices and practically all of our machines are connected to the public internet. So it is a form of kidnapping. So criminals obviously come and steal your data, downloading some kind of software, this malware onto your machine and steal this data and then let you know that they're holding it and then basically say, if you don't pay me, you're never going to see your data again. For all intents and purposes, that's essentially how it works. They're not actually stealing your data. What they are actually doing is sending a malicious file across the network to your computer. And that file is actually encrypting all of your own data on your device. And essentially, it's using an encryption key that you just don't have that key. It takes you thousands and thousands of hours to decrypt it to get your data back. So essentially, most people go ahead and pay the ransom payment to get their information back or to unlock it. Because it just locks you out of your own data. Correct. John, for those of our listeners who might not know, could you explain what a Bitcoin is and how that currency is used? Of course. So uh, Bitcoin is a form of a digital currency. It's a currency just like, you know, you can buy things electronically, essentially. In essence, like conventional dollars and euros, that are traded digitally. The thing that makes it different is it's decentralized and it's not used like conventional money is used, like where you can exchange it physically. So what makes Bitcoin more difficult to track? So there's no single institution or government that owns it. And it's essentially traded electronically through Bitcoin servers that are owned by individuals that support to the cause. So what you're saying is they're holding us ransom by locking up our data and they're demanding payment via this currency that's untraceable so we can't trace it back to them and people are just paying it in a lot of circumstances. Correct. And it's very hard to trace bitcoins. Typically, if you are tracing it, it typically goes through various international jurisdictions. So very hard for one law enforcement agency to even take law enforcement action against. So, John, how would I know that my computer was affected, that my data was affected by malware? How does it work? At a very high level, first, you know, the malware that they're going to deploy is delivered typically by email or a drive-by attack. Uh, we won't get into the details of that, uh, essentially. A drive-by attack? A drive-by attack, yes. Yeah, where attackers will essentially get in between you and your network and make it look like it's your network, and essentially you're connected to their computer. And so they're able to redirect you to where they want you to go, and typically it'll redirect you towards a malicious website, where then you'll be infected by the malicious software that they download to your computer. How's it activated? So after that, typically when you go to uh, the site or 
It's delivered through email in a Word document. Users will typically download or open that file, and that will execute the malicious file. And that essentially compromises your computer. From that point, a Trojan or that malicious software will then go ahead and contact uh, a malicious server, typically using some type of underground network, such as the Tor network, which is widely known. We call them command and control servers. Essentially, that allows the attacker to do is to send the actual notification to you to ask for that payment, and then it's able to utilize those servers to deploy the encryption to your computer, but also able to unlock that encryption on your computer without being traced. And what kind of businesses are being targeted? Well, every business, unfortunately, is being targeted. And I don't think one of the big takeaways here is that it doesn't matter how small or how large you are. If you have weaknesses within your security of your IT networks, you are a very viable target. And is this a volume-based thing? Are they trying to attack a large volume of people and asking for small amounts of ransom? Or are they asking for big dollars? Like, Do you have a feel for what that looks like? So it's typically small currency. We typically see is a ransom payment in the range of $400 to $2,000. We've seen uh, ransoms in upwards of $10,000. Those are for maybe the larger organizations. But for the most part, it's a volume business. And when we talk about the targets, you got to think of it from a return on investment perspective. Hackers want to take the least amount of effort to gain the maximum return. And so it's really looking at targets of opportunity and looking for targets that are extremely vulnerable to simple attacks. Can you give us an example of what some of these attacks have looked like? So typically we're just seeing a lot of email phishing uh, campaigns going on. So they'll send emails that look very legitimate. And what we try to tell businesses is don't be embarrassed. Even security professionals have gotten fooled by these. So. They're getting very sophisticated in terms of the look and feel of the emails, and they're looking very legitimate. And so a lot of people will click on the links, uh, will download the files because it looks like it's coming from an internal employee, et cetera. So again, we tell businesses that everybody is prone to it, and even for folks that do this every day, have been victimized. Craig, this is a familiar theme we're seeing in security, isn't it? Yeah, there's a consistency in all of security for the business in IT security as the weakest link being the employee. And it's very challenging for an employee because the sophistication of some of these emails are very believable. It can be made to even look like it's coming within the company itself. Once it's let loose, you may not know you're infected for many weeks. Is that right, John? That is correct. Uh, let me give you one example. We actually were talking to a customer recently uh, where they were a target of some spear phishing campaigns. And the difference between spear phishing and phishing is a spear phishing campaign is more of a precise targeted campaign towards a specific organization. So they've done a lot of research. And so what this company experienced was somebody did a lot of research on the organization and simulated a few emails coming from the chief financial officer to the accounts payable team. 
to pay a list of invoices to a specific bank account. And fortunately for them, they actually had some training recently where the accounts payable team saw this as odd because it's not a normal business practice and then reported it to the chief financial officer, which then he replied that I never sent an email and then they were able to stop that. Point of that story is that they were about to make the payment, but somebody in the organization thought it was a little odd because it was outside the normal business practice. But if it, they didn't get any of that training recently around security awareness, they probably would have lost a couple hundred thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. We did a show recently discussing just that topic and a company with a seven figure loss that they were actually trying to recover from their insurance. Yeah. And that insurance, you know, it depends on what type of insurance policy you have. It can get very complicated real fast. (laughs) No question about it. So with respect to ransomware, could you give us any examples of companies that have been infected by that? Oh, definitely. There is two companies that we're focused on. One was a Houston-based firm. Uh, They were attacked and infected with some ransomware. They had about 72 hours to go ahead and make a payment of $400. After they contacted their IT department and, and determined that it would take thousands of hours to decrypt this encryption, which is some of it's not even possible, and they didn't have any backup, so it wouldn't have been a huge disruption to their business. So essentially what they did is they actually paid the ransom payment through a store value card, which essentially went to like Home Depot or the grocery store, put $400 on a card, sent the card information to the attackers through the online prompt that they were provided, and then their data was unlocked. So they got their data back, but here's what we're seeing now. Folks are 10 times more likely to be targeted again if they actually paid the ransom. And mainly, we're seeing that because attackers and hackers, they talk all day long, and they love to brag. (laughs) (laughs) So they're telling their friends, And their friends are like, well, okay, we'll go see if they're still weak in those areas and they're going to go ahead and launch an attack again. So if you do pay a ransom payment, keep in mind that you're highly likely to be targeted again. So another instance uh, where we have seen ransomware uh, target a business is there was a small business owner in Australia running a kitchen and bath remodeling company. And essentially they were affected by ransomware. And they lost a lot of data, primarily the cost in data, for, I believe it was about eight years of information. So it was a huge devastation to their business, primarily because they had a $400,000 project that they were undertaken, and now they're flying blind while they were doing this job. Essentially, the cost in data, years of historical information, so they could actually price out their jobs accurately. So the fact they didn't have that information was very detrimental to the business, Though, this was a few years back when ransomware was just making it. They claimed the fame in the security industry. So they did not pay it because they didn't think they were going to get their data back. They never recovered their data from this attack. And today, when we talk to them, they're definitely backing up their systems. They're definitely running security software and making sure all their operating systems and applications are being up to date frequently. So they didn't pay the ransom because they didn't think they'd get the data back? That is correct, because it was fairly new concept of business owners at the time, and they just didn't know if they were going to recover their data, even if they paid it. And it doesn't really seem like there's a lot that you can do once you've been affected. You're either making a choice to not pay and lose your data, or pay and hopefully get it back. I mean, can the FBI help? Can police help once you've been affected? 
So you can definitely report it to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They have a cyber unit that's actually tracking these and highly encourage you to report them. The fact is, it's a volume business. There's so many people being affected, and a lot of the times the origination of these attacks are occurring outside the U.S. jurisdiction. So there has to be a better way going forward of how to enforce these crimes, and the international community, along with the United States, have to come together to figure out how to investigate these crimes as well as prosecute. John, can you give us a sense of the magnitude of ransomware attacks that are happening? So it's quite astonishing. We're seeing about 160,000 variants of malware created each day. That's a lot. What we're seeing is roughly 750,000 attacks going on annually or infected businesses. However, we know that most crime that's reported is typically only 30% of actually what's really occurring. So I would say that that number is much higher than reported. So it's quite a lot. John, what are some of the steps our listeners can take to become less vulnerable to ransomware attacks? Sure. Well, we have top three things I think everybody can do or everybody should be doing to help them protect against ransomware. I've also provided a quick reference guide that I believe we'll provide a link to. But the top three things I think every business should be doing today is, one, using strong antivirus for your network and endpoints. Many antivirus and firewalls technologies that are deployed in businesses are not up to date, meaning they fail to update definitions, signatures, and rules frequently. Just like technology is changing every six months, the security threat is changing hour by hour. The second thing you can do is apply system and applications updates frequently. Essentially, have a patch management plan. System compromises and a number of vulnerabilities that are on your machine or on your, in your network strongly correlate, meaning that if you're not updating your applications and operating systems frequently, you're then exposed to known vulnerabilities. 97% of all exploits and system compromises are exploited using known vulnerabilities. So there's a lot of talk around advanced persistent threats, and you know that only makes up a very small fraction. Most attackers, like I said, don't want to work too hard to get that return, so they're using known vulnerabilities and attacking organizations that are exposed to those known vulnerabilities. And you can protect yourself against those through making frequent updates to your applications and operating systems. And lastly, and probably the most important, you need to perform backups to offline storage devices, and you need to do that frequently. If you don't have an offline backup, you either will be forced to pay the ransom or need to accept that you just won't be able to recover your data. And are cloud-based backup systems safe? So we're going to recommend that you try to stick to an offline storage device for the reason is the cloud storage, which is good, but it's connected to your device. So if you get affected by ransomware, it's likely going to traverse to that cloud stores and go ahead and encrypt all those files as well. So if you have a cloud backup strategy, you're going to need another layer of security? Correct. What we suggest is you have a cloud backup strategy, but make sure it's not being synced automatically. Oh, because that way you're disconnecting it. So if it's continuously synced and you get infected, it could be delivered to that data online. Correct. John, in taking these steps towards protecting our systems from ransomware, how should we address one of the top weaknesses in business system security, that being the employee? 
Of course, people are the targets of most of these ransomware attacks. So through security awareness training, as well as testing your users to make sure that they are staying up to date with the latest and greatest attack trends and methods being used by hackers today. And what typically we do for a lot of our customers is we will come in and provide some basic annual security awareness training and then frequently every month do our own simulated phishing campaigns against the users to track metrics of how we are doing as an organization in terms of detecting malicious emails that are traversing our network. And what we've seen is that greatly enhances the security of the organization because if we think of people as sensors just like we put technical sensors in our network, we can be a lot more sophisticated in detecting malicious activity if we can educate every employee within the business to know when to spot and what what malicious activity looks like. John, another question I get from business owners is, what should I be budgeting for IT security in my business? So, Craig, that's always a good question, and I think it always depends, right? It depends on how large is your organization, how large is your IT enterprise, are you using third-party vendors, do you have stuff in the cloud, or do you have infrastructure on-premise? It's really hard to determine a security budget, but there is always affordable solutions for every business, whether you're small or large. We talked about the basic things an organization should be doing today to protect themselves against ransomware, and that is very affordable for small businesses to implement. Well, thanks for joining us again today, John. We really enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks for having me, Shai and Craig. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? We provided a two-page quick reference guide to help your listeners just take some action steps based on the things we talked about today, how they can better protect themselves against ransomware. Within that guide, we provided a few links to some resources I think they'll find very useful of how they can actually build an understanding or an actual practitioner's guide to actually how to implement some of these solutions we discussed. The other thing that we at Cybexa are focused on is really helping organizations become more informed and protected against the latest cybersecurity threats. You can always feel free to give us a call at www.cybexa.com at C-Y-B-E-X-A.com. And if you want to contact us, we provide a free risk assessment to take the first step toward greater security and visibility. That sounds great, John. Thank you so much, and thanks again for being on the show. Our guest today has been John Harrison of Cybexa Systems. You can learn more about John and download the free quick reference guide on how to protect against ransomware attacks in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business. Business.